Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. It's a brand new look to the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda for 2018 in response to the teams and drivers. The races are now longer, one hour and 45 minutes, and it's two drivers for most of the cars. Still two categories, the open-top Mazda-powered cars and the LMP3s are the closed-top V8 monsters. They're getting ready to go, and it's all live here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV together from Sebring. IMSA Radio, your route to American sports car racing. So the car's rolling, we'll hand over to Shea Adam, but first Jeremy Shaw with the grid. 26 cars for the second round of the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda. There's nine MPC class cars and 17 LMP3. Starting at the back, the nine MPC cars. Howard Jacobs in car number 77, Tim George in car number 24. Row 12 of the grid, Paul LaHaye in car number 36 and Stephen Dawes in car number 22. White Schwab, the youngster in car number 18, is on the outside of row 11 alongside the oldest driver in the race, Dave House, in car number 86. Tazio Otis will start in number 28 car and Dr. Robert Masson in car number 11. On the pole in MPC, uh, 18th on the grid overall, John Brownson for Eurosport Racing in car number 34. Uh, alongside him on the grid is Jim McGuire in car number 26. That's an LMP3 car. All these others are LMP3s. Uh, Jim Garrett, another Masters category driver in car number 42. Brad Halen, uh, Brad Baker alongside Jan Halen in the number 19 car on the 50th position. Joel Janko will start car number 25 and Matt Dickon in car number 17. Car number 51 and 23 on row 6. That's Rob Hoders and Shane Lewis respectively. Dean Baker on the 10th position, Cameron Castles alongside him in car number 75. Car number 44 is Gary Gibson, number 33, Lance Wilsey. Row 3, we'll get Jerry Kraut in car number 55 and Leo Lamellis in car number 7. Row 2, Max Hanrani in car number 3, his teammate Chris Wright in car number 30. On the front row 74 is Anthony Simone from Canada and on the pole he's debut, car number 47, TJ Fisher. Green flag is out and a beautifully clean start. Well done by Jeremy Shaw to nail that grid as they approach turn one. The fog has burned off from this morning and it is the 47 ahead of teammate 74 as they go cleanly through. Norma leading Norma and ooh, the 74 dropped a wheel and lost the position. So the lead has changed already. The 47, Jeremy has gone into the lead as the Ave Riley goes very deep coming into turn three but manages to recover. So far, we still have all of our starters going round and round this 3.74 mile track. That is good. Certainly a creative line there, wasn't it, by uh, Gary Gibson in car number 44, the Ave Riley, that uh, distinctive 
red cars, there's a few red cars in the field, but that one is very distinctive indeed. Uh, and uh, the field seems to be making their way pretty uh, pretty smoothly around here. TJ Fisher, what a great debut for 47 Motorsports on the front, on the pole position, needs first ever sports car race. Coming out of the Pro Master Championship from California, finished uh, fourth in the Pro Master Open Wheel Series last season. Absolutely loving these, these more powerful cars, and this enormous chassis is really strong. It is. Certainly the class of the field at the 24 hours of Daytona lost the race because they mistimed the pit stop. That's what allowed Roman DeAngelis with ANSA Motorsports to come through and take the win. And this weekend, though, it's a different driver lineup for Ants Motorsports, so they are going to have their work cut out for them. Dean Baker starting the race, handing over to Zachary Robichon a little bit later. That is the Ligier that we are looking to really contest against the Normas, but we also have more competition. We've got Extreme Speed Motorsport. The number three is a car to contest with. Maxwell Hanratty driving with a new co-driver this weekend, Benjamin Waddell, but it is those two Normas leading the way. Yeah, then they're heading into turn one, Anthony Simone on the outside line. They got a little bit squirrely out there and almost uh, almost lost that second position. But what able to gain it? That's a Canadian, Anthony Simone. A couple of decades ago, he was a, a front runner in uh, USF 2000. The last uh, 10 years or so, he's been racing in a NASCAR Pinty series north of the border and actually will continue to do so this season. Uh, but he's absolutely loving the, ex the, the horsepower of these L and the downforce, particularly, of these LMP3 cars. There was a moment for the 51 about halfway around the lap it had a, a bit of a struggle now that was supposed to be rob hodes and sean rahal i believe that is the driver lineup still dropping down through the field is rob hodes a guy with a lot of ferrari challenge experience uh, from montreal and raced in lamborghinis last year and he had a, a difficult first lap but the good news an hour and 45 minute long race as he got turned around going into turn 17 good did a really good job to not make it a full spin into uh, the Sunset Bend, as it's called. Not exactly Sunset right now, though, Jeremy. With this fog burning off, visibility is only getting better and better. Yeah, it's pretty, still pretty hazy, isn't it, this morning? Yeah. Uh, we can see that from these low camera angles, the... the uh IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship practice that began the day at 8 o'clock had to be delayed a little bit because of that low-lying kind of mist fog, call it what you will. But uh, this, this race now, you know, conditions are really, really good. It's warming up a little bit. It's still pretty chilly out there. But these two mm. Normas out in front of the field at the moment, TJ Fisher holding off his teammate Anthony Simone. Uh, these two driving for 47 motorsports. And as you talked about, the number 47 car with uh, Austin McCusker and uh, David Drew from Switzerland in the first round of the championship had that race pretty much locked up. That was the fastest car yeah. at Daytona. But you talked about that mid -stop, uh, pit stop miscue. Yep. That's Rob Hoda's off the road again, I think, in car number 51. Uh, and... Um, the, uh, the, they did a practice pit stop yesterday just to make sure everything was cool. Well, they had a wheel gun failure oh, uh, on no. that number 47 car as, as uh, Rob Hodes does a couple of uh, 360s there to get going again on the grass and off the, onto the, the, on the grey stuff again. Now that's yes. good news for him. But hopefully for 47 Motorsports, they've got all their pit stop dramas out of the way. And for Rob Hodes, we're getting a replay in the booth of what happened. I think he got some assistance there from no, one of the MPC cars. I don't. I think he was diving down the inside, chain. and I actually think he just locked up the brakes, ah, yep. trying, trying not to hit the car in front of me. He was almost alongside Dave House, yes, yes. Uh, and he just jumped on the brakes in order not to hit Dave House, yep. and in doing so, the car just snapped out sideways, and he lost control and had a quick spin, but no harm, no foul, no damage, no contact, yeah. and able to continue at the back of the Good pack. Good call there, Jeremy. Well, the 74 is the car that has been lighting up the timing sheets and got back around tj fisher did anthony simone so t took the uh 
race beginning, not exactly the way that he had planned it in his head, coming through turn one and into two, dropping a few wheels and dropping back a little bit. But now all has been set right, and that 74 back to the front and charging hard. Yeah, Anthony Simone got a lot of experience in racing yeah. cars, but his last race south of the border, he told me uh, earlier on, uh, d d just just a little while ago, was a long, long time ago. Oh. It was uh, it was in uh, what was it in in. 2001, that's right, in the Barber oh Dodge Pro gosh. Series. Uh, that was his last race south of the border. Since then, however, he's been a regular in the NASCAR Pinty Series north of the border uh, stock cars. Uh, so he's used to the horsepower of this sort of car, but absolutely loving the downforce. Here's oh. a look here as uh, Anthony Simone ducking out, going into turn one, trying to go around the outside of TJ Fisher and making that pass. That wow. was a great move. Very aggressive on a teammate, uh, especially so early on in the race. An hour and 40 minutes to go. So we're five minutes into the second round of this championship, and already the gauntlet has been thrown down teammate on teammate. But Anthony Simone continuing to set faster and faster sector times, so clearly pushing very hard early on. Our MPC leader, by the way, because we do have two classes in this race. We have the LMP3 cars. If you can see the driver, it's an MPC car, open cockpit. Leader is Dr. Robert Masson in the number 11 car for Performance Tech. He has passed Dave House, the youngster, well, young at heart at very least. Happy 75th birthday to him as of last week. Ahead of an actual youngster, the teenager, Wyatt Schwab, another one of the Performance Tech cars, the number 18 in third. So it is 74 ahead of 47, and then the 30 of Chris Wright, one of the Ligiers. He has managed to get around both Leo Lamellis and Maxwell Hanratty. Uh, Chris Wright, the last time I checked, was back in the fifth position, so a good effort by him on these opening laps. Yep, and uh, the uh, number 51 car did rejoin at the back of the field. And yeah, don't sure what happened to John Brownson, the pole sitter in MPC, yeah. in car number 34 for Eurosport Racing on that first uh, lap because, uh, well, second lap actually, because he, he led the first lap but then fell back on the second one. So he now got quite a lot of work to do down in seventh place in the class and a long, uh, you know, quite a long way behind the class leader, which as you say, is uh, Robert Masson, who won the opening round at Daytona in January. And Jim, uh, John Brownson has come into the pit lane. So from oh. bad to worse for John, the guy who's got more starts than anyone else in this series, he, um, yeah, he won't be too thrilled with that. There is a minimum drive time before you can make your pit stop. The format of this series changing at Daytona for the roar before the 24, the first round of this championship, when the races did become an hour and 45 minutes. You now can drive with two drivers. They both have to be of a certain rating. So it's still an amateur level of a series, if you will, at least in terms of the FIA ratings. But there is a mandatory pit stop where you do refuel the cars. If you are in an LMP3 car, you do your driver change, you have a set time, but you can't come in the pits until 40 minutes have elapsed. That is the minimum drive time. If you're in an MPC car, which most of the MPC cars are single drivers, there's two that have multiple drivers. But if you are in that car, you're driving by yourself, you still must get out of it while the refuel fueling is going on so it keeps it fair for everyone that's what we hinted at a little bit earlier jeremy did at least that cost the 47 motorsport team the win at daytona was because they mistimed the pit stop they were in for a lot longer than they needed to be that's what allowed roman DeAngelis, along with some great driving we do have to give him credit where credit is due to take the first win of the season roman not being in the race today will not be leading the championship when the day is done 
So we will have a new championship leader, but it's interesting that the guys in the 47 and 74, only one of those four drivers ran at Daytona. So chances are we could have a singular driver pair, a singular driver in a driver pairing leading the championship all on his own. Yeah, indeed. And we've got a new leader in uh, MPC, and it's Dave House. Yeah. I just, I, fantastic. There he is, car number 86. He's got ahead of Robert Masson. And that is just amazing. <laughs> Driving for one motorsports. Dave House, uh, a very accomplished guy. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's got a lot of life experience, hasn't he? Uh, no question about that. As uh, Shay was saying, he had a birthday last week. He was 75th from uh, Saratoga in California. Uh, he, uh, he, he's got a winery nowadays. He's a former VP. There is the, uh, that's Brad Baker. I think, no, the other Baker, isn't it? The other it Baker is boy. 19. No, I believe you're correct with Brad on that one. Okay. For, yes, it is. It's Brad, isn't it? That's yep. right. Whoops. That's a big spin. That was a spin uh, all on his own before the Corvette Bridge. He didn't hit anything, though. That's the good news. Yeah. Dave, Dave House, he's a, he's a former senior VP of Intel. So he knows he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a, senior, a senior character in all in all ways, shapes, and forms. He's a he's a fan of heli skiing. He ran Pro Mazda for many many years, did Dave, uh, and uh, absolutely loving it in these MPC cars. And now he leads the class. It's just pretty impressive. He's uh, a hero to some people in the paddock. I heard rumor that he was offered a position as the president and CEO of Google at one point and turned it down because he felt that it would detract from his other adventures at the same time. And if you're offered that, that's pretty substantial and yeah. goes to show the character of Dave. So glad to see that Dave is not only back in this series, but back at the front of the pack. And Dr. Robert Masano not letting him out of sight. That number 11 is staying right on his tail. And they do have Wyatt Schwab, the youngster, behind them. Wyatt, who's looking to make a career in racing as opposed to the two guys ahead of him who well they've already got their careers as Jeremy was just saying and they're they're having a bit more fun but they're taking this just as competitively they are and uh, all sorts of other battles going uh, going on down the field as well but certainly in the uh, in the at the front of the field uh, Anthony Simone now able to uh, stretch out a lead just a little bit over his teammate TJ Fisher We've got a couple names on the timing screen, Jeremy, that we weren't expecting to see. One of them being Shane Lewis piloting the number 23, Ligier. That's quite a, a change for the uh, Chris Wright organization as Dave House is really having to fight off Robert Masson. Having gotten around, Dr. Masson is not willing to give up uh, that position completely, although he has lost it for now. But yeah, seeing Shane Lewis's name on the timing screen, what a, what a delight that is. Shane, who's a guy who's got a lot of laps around Sebring International Raceway and a lot of fans out in Turn 10. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, from Jupiter, Florida, so a local resident. As we see this battle for the lead in MPC, three-car battle, uh, and just ahead of them on the road, it's kind of a 42, that's uh, uh, Sir Jim Garrett, one of the Masters contenders in LMP3. But what a battle this is. It's still Dave House that leads, Robert Mosson in second place, and the youngster, Wyatt Schwab, uh, who's literally probably young enough to be Dave House's probably great grandson actually <laughs> certainly grandson no disrespect here well absolutely quite the opposite uh, because uh, Dave is just doing a magnificent job yeah. at the front of the field he shared the car with his driver coach Michael Miller at Daytona but I, I believe he's driving it solo this weekend and uh, you know this is this is, this track is a workout yes you know, so, uh, an hour and 45 minutes around here in one of these cars you've been tossed around they have a lot of downforce i mean a lot of downforce a lot of g-forces that is a real workout and to be doing it at that age is just fabulous that's it gives a, me hope a very good 
<laughs> point, Jeremy Shaw. Yeah, we'll see you in this series in uh, about fun. 20 years. You've yeah. still got, got some time to yeah, get there. I wish. Yeah, um, but that's a very good point because this is such a physical racetrack that thinking about piloting one of these cars solo for that amount of time, for somebody who's even in really good shape, that's a big ask. As Robert Masson looks down the inside of Dave House at 17 and goes through. Dave left the door open. He got bounced out, just hit the bumps in the wrong spot, and that's what happens. But Robert Masson cannot breathe easily because he knows that Wyatt Schwab is just behind Dave House. House. So this is a three-car battle for the lead of the MPC category. It's not going away anytime soon. No, and uh, and uh, Stephen Dawes is uh, well. No, Tazzy Ortiz is is uh, chasing Oops. after those two as well in kind of a 28, and he was actually a little bit quicker last time around. So Tazzy Ortiz in kind of a 22. As you see another spinner down That's there. That's Jim Garrett in the number 42. He was right in front of that MPC battle. As uh, who was that? That was the uh, Kerr Motorsport car that came into the pit lane, having spun a little bit earlier on. But the battle continues. Dave House ha trying to go around the outside by Chateau Alon of Dr. Robert Masson. They almost had side-to-side -side contact. Now, now, Mr. No, young Mr. Wyatt Shaw, I think you need a bit of respect for your elders there. Yeah. He, he gave Dave House a pretty good whack as they went into... Was that uh, which corner was it? That? Was, was that? Uh, it was seven. It was by Chateau Alon. Yeah, they, they were side by side. A little bit of contact between those two. Why Schwab goes through? I hope he said uh, sorry, huh. mate, as he went past. Well, remember, Wyatt Schwab's first race was at that Daytona round. That was his first attempt at coming into a professional step ladder. And I seem to remember his car had quite some severe damage uh, fairly early on in the race, whether that was from a tire going down or whatever the problem was. It was actually, he hit, he hit some debris that was sitting out on a racetrack, and mm. uh, that, that's what caused that uh, that uh, damage to the car. That was fairly substantial damage, too. Yeah. But he, was, uh, uh, he was able to keep the car going yeah. again, but off the pace thereafter. It is Anthony Simone who leads the way in that number 74 Norma ahead of TJ Fisher by nearly three seconds after 15 minutes have elapsed in this second round of the championship. Chris Wright is in third in the number 30. He finished in third at Daytona as well, driving alongside Daniel Morad. Leo Lamellis is in fourth in the number seven at Ligier. Maxwell Hanratty for Extreme Speed Motorsports is currently in fifth in that number three machine. Those top five are separated by a total of 11 seconds so the field starting to spread out a little bit but there are still battles throughout the field we've got a few cars toward the back of the class fighting for the masters class category trophy the way that the series works out for the lmp3 cars there is a pro class effectively and then a master's class but with the master's class the co-drivers do not get a trophy it is just the masters themselves who are fighting for their own championship yeah and it's uh, lance wilsey who leads that at the moment he kind of a 33 uh, dean baker making his debut in this in this championship is not far behind him however in uh, car number four he'll be share he'll be handing over that car to uh, Zachary Rubichon later on in the race. Jerry Kraut also is moving up the order quite nicely in kind of mm -hmm. a 55. He's made a couple of passes over the last few laps, uh, and uh, and he will be uh, handing over. Jerry Kraut will be handing over to the young uh, Australian Scott uh, Scott Andrews, who is a really uh, uh, really impressive young talent. I had a quick chat yesterday with uh, Cameron Castles, who's driving the number 75. He's a guy who's been in this well the IMSA umbrella for about a year and a half now he 
loves racing on the same weekends as IMSA does because he says it's such a big family. But coming up to grips with this high downforce LMP3 car, after driving a Porsche Cayman, a GT4 car, in the last few years, he said it's a completely different ballpark. He's going about 12 seconds a lot faster around Seaburn, which is something that he's having a difficult time wrapping his head around. And as we are talking about him in the number 75, Cameron has a quick spin. He does a flick turn. Didn't make that too. Yeah, he <laughs> he's doing a, a good job. But Cameron from uh, Canada, really happy to just be on this ladder. Yeah, and uh, spoke to Cameron. Let's have a look at him. Did he get? Ooh, he, he might have. He's trying to make a move there on the uh, number 44 car coming into turn 17, and same sort of thing as we saw earlier. Yeah. On, excuse me, earlier on, kind of locked up the brakes on the turn in in order to make primarily to make sure he didn't have contact with the car that was ahead of him that he was trying to pass. And as a result, that locked up the rear brakes and, and around he went. So again, no harm, no foul, able to, to continue. And Cameron is another one of these guys doing the race by himself. Not many drivers in the LMP3 categories taking on that challenge. I think actually Cameron is the only one of our LMP3 drivers who is solo in this field. But now after that spin, he's got a little bit of ground to make up and he's found himself in the MPC battles. So uh, he is behind Wyatt Schwab and Dr. Masson. We'll have to get past them to try and get back up to Jim McGuire, who is his next LMP3 target, who is about uh, 13 seconds up the road. Yeah, and uh, uh, Cameron certainly should have uh, the pace to be able to to ca catch him. Uh, I suppose he, he yesterday, yesterday or the day before, he was just reckon he, he just wasn't driving well. He, he he was comfortable in the practice sessions, in the test sessions. When he came down to the first practice, he said he just didn't didn't put it together. I told him, look, you're going to get that when you're starting out. He's still relatively new to the sport, only been yeah. racing for a couple of years. Uh, and particularly for this sort of horse, you know, a lot more horsepower and downforce in this car than he, anything he's ever driven before. But he was able to reset his thoughts, come back strongly. Okay, he's made a mistake now, but that's, you know, that's all part of the learning curve. Dave House now fallen into the grasp of the number 28 MPC car that was started by Tazio Otis, a youngster from Oakland, California, 22 years of age. So very, very uh, eager to prove that he belongs in this series and hopefully climbing the ladder. He was third in the MPC points last year when it was still shorter races and now sharing a car this weekend with Bart Wolf, the guy whose name is over the door of the uh, team awning and Tazio looking to try and get around Dave but Dave has been in this series for quite some time he knows the tricks of the trade back at the front of the field it is Dr. Masson in that number 11 ahead of Wyatt Schwab and he's managed to keep the gap fairly stable between the two of them Robert Masson is not somebody I worry about the fitness falling off. He he really works at yeah. being in the gym a lot. Yeah, he certainly does, and uh, and, and, and you know that's uh, certainly one of the keys to success in a race like this. It's you certainly wouldn't call it an endurance race necessarily, but an hour and three quarters, as I said a few minutes ago, that's a real workout around this place. And if you're not on top of your fitness, it can be uh, it can be very very difficult indeed. And uh, I know there were a few drivers at uh, Daytona who was uh, next to hanging on at the end of the race, and yeah. it's going to be the same here for sure. I, I would even venture to say even more so here, Jeremy, because oh, Sebring yeah, is a such a way. physical track. There are going to be a lot of drivers who find new blisters on their hands in places. Oh, as we have a big off. Is that Dr. Masson? I think it is. 
don't quite know what happened. Uh, I just saw a car sort of flying sideways through the air. It is. It's Dr. Robert Masson from the lead by himself in that number 11 Mazda Prototype Challenge car has gone off. We are still under green flag conditions, but the yellow are in hand on the timing stand. Don't know where that was on the track, Jeremy. Do you? Uh, no, I think it might. It might have been ten, but I, I'm not 100% sure. I, I, I did, certainly didn't see. Oh, uh, Robert, who's shaking his head, realizes that that was perhaps avoided. Oh no, it was something right broke on the suspension. suspension. Failure. Oh my goodness. So yeah, ten, isn't it? Yep. Full course caution is out. Wow, what a scary moment. It was coming into the yeah. braking zone at 10, just when he got onto the brakes at full stop, yep. something snapped. Yep. The right front suspension just failed, Some, yep. something, whether it was the upright, whether it was whatever it was, something oh, something gosh. broke on there and the the whole the whole wheel assembly just uh, came loose and just was kind of counted. It, it steered the car left on its own. Nothing that Robert Masson could do nope. about that. So the championship leader was doing a, a super job there keeping his nose clean. He, he, he was a bit disappointed after practice and qualifying. Having said that, in the practice sessions, uh, he, he was confident in the car, but doesn't have a lot of experience around this racetrack. Yeah. But, uh, you know, did, did, was doing exactly what he needed to do in the early stages of this race. But that was clearly a mechanical failure. Looking yep. at it again, watch that to the left-hand side of the screen, the right front corner of the car, gets on the brakes, oh. bang! Left, uh, it just broke right away and pitched oh. the car sideways and Robert Masson, a passenger from there. That's a, you know, a, a Glancing blow, not a heavy yeah. impact, but uh, that's uh, you know that's a pretty scary incident for Robert Masson. For sure, and for Dr. Masson, who got his first ever win in the series at the Daytona Round in early January, he had a handful of podiums last year, but really felt like this was making a difference. Of course, his son Kyle, who won the 12 Hours of Sebring last year, driving in the prototype Challenge car and uh, driving in this series was the champion of the same class. So Dr. Masson was carrying on the family name of winning in this category. But uh, now the IMSA safety workers are with him and they are going to get him out of the car. Very smart also for somebody who's not really used to crashing to know to stay in the car and wait until they get to you to not do something brash, like get out when it's still not a safe area. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you'd been on, on the, on the uh on the radio to the yep. team they're just saying you know that uh, everything's I'm, I'm fine the car isn't yeah yeah and uh, see son Kyle certainly would have been uh, would have been uh, will be watching this race cheering on Kyle will oh. be driving who was the champion in this category last year hey fans great race fans here at Sebring International yeah. Raceway there's a lot of people here this weekend and the crowd be, uh, continuing to pour in today as well tremendous atmosphere here on this 3.74 mile racetrack. Somebody said this morning when we were under a brief delay for the uh, smoke and fog that was in the area, gosh, I didn't realize there were that many campers here already. Yeah. Well, there are, but it was not their fault that we were a bit uh, tardy coming up on the schedule today. Remember to drink your water, people, and reapply the sunscreen. It may not feel particularly hot out there yet, but the sun is beating down. And you want to uh, make sure that at the end of the day, you're ready for the 12 hours, which will be the main event this weekend. But right now, we are an hour and 20 minutes to go in this second round of the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda. 
which means that we've elapsed 25 minutes, Jeremy. So the pit window not open for another 15. There is no point in coming in because your drive time not even close to being over. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can come into the pits. You just can't make your driver change uh, and be good to go because, as you say, minimum 40 minutes drive time here to be eligible for championship points. Yeah. Uh, but if, if there's something on the car... Uh, you know, that, that needs to be changed or whatever. Yeah. You, know, you can come into the pits with no penalty, but uh, you, ha you have to get back out again and complete your 40 minutes in order to be eligible for championship points. So, you know, if, if there's somebody toward the back of the pack maybe that's you know, not happy with the car, they might want to change the tyre pressures or something like that, you know, it's a good opportunity to come in now and make that change and you'll be able to rejoin the, the tail end of the field before the restart because it's certainly going to be another lap or two, I think, before we get to underway again. Another look at that scary ride for Dr. Robert Masson as the suspension clearly just failing. And uh, Robert, just a passenger at that stage. And, and Jeremy started to say earlier, his son Kyle watching around the circuit, getting ready for the qualifying session a little bit later on. Kyle, your dad's okay. He's a, he's a good man. He's a tough man. And that was not his fault at all. So don't give him any grief over it. <laughs> no, and you know, Robert's somebody who's very new to the sport. He only started last racing last season yeah. uh, in anything uh, in this category so you know that'll be a new experience for him uh, i think i hope yes uh, having a, a a mechanical failure on the car and it's just something you have to deal with but it's certainly a scary ride uh, when it happens the pits are closed as the pass around has commenced in this series we do an opportunity to separate the two classes so that when we come back to green flag conditions we're not going to have LMP3 cars trying to fight their way through MPC cars. They try to split it up. That is new for this year as well. But it's just a pass round. There is no wave by after the pits have been opened so they, they don't allow for that. And at this point you can come into the pit lane, but there's no real purpose if, unless you're doing some sort of setup change. Because if you refuel the cars, IMSA has designed it so that you can't really go an hour and 20 minutes unless you're Scott Dixon on a single tank of fuel or making fuel. That's right. So uh, it's going to be under, under caution here for a little while. It's still Anthony Simone from Canada who leads the way on his debut in this championship. TJ Fisher in second place, his teammate at 47 Motorsports, that pair of Norma M30 chassis out front, also making his debut in the championship this weekend. Chris Wright running along in third place for Extreme Speed Motorsports. Uh, in, in fourth is Leo Lamellas in uh, car number seven. That's the Charles Wick to racing Ligier. Uh, and uh, most of the rest of the cars, other than the number 44, Ave Riley, are all Ligiers in the LMP3 category. Fifth place is Max Hanradi in the second of the Extreme Speed Motorsports Ligiers. Uh, sixth place overall and leading the Masters contender is uh, another uh, Ligier and another Extreme Speed Motorsport car. That's number 33 of Lance Wilsey. Shane Lewis has got himself up to uh, the seventh position overall. Uh, despite minimal laps yesterday, I mean, he, he only got clearance to drive yesterday. He's done at most 10 laps coming into this race. Oh and his gosh. teammate, Mike Skeen's only got about 15 oh. in the car. The, the entry list for that, uh, for that uh, Henry Gilbert uh, Motorsports entry uh, was for uh, Henry Gilbert himself to drive and Guy Cosmo. Well, Guy Cosmo is al already committed to the uh, Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, and that is his commitment for the year. So unable to take up this opportunity, the LMP3 car. Uh, Guy Cosmo, by the way, is the reigning Asian 
Le Mans Series champion in the LM3, LMP3 category, so he certainly would have been a good choice for that car, but unable to take up that uh, that chance. So it was then Mike Skeen who was invited to uh, to drive, and then Hel Henry decided he wasn't going to run this weekend, uh, who is a, uh, a long-time owner of a Corvette school and performance driving group, occasional Trans Am racer as well, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the last minute invited uh, Shane Lewis to join that team. Shane also, by the way, is driving the Continental Sports Car Challenge, but he was able to take up this opportunity, and it's he who started the race, and he's now running in seventh position, and all things considered, you know, Shane uh, doing a, re a really nice job. He was shadowing Lance Wilsey, who uh, is a, uh, a, you know, a veteran driver, been around the sport a long, long time, but he too doesn't have a lot of experience in this sort of a car, but Shane is giving him all he can handle. Uh, uh, Dean Baker was not far back in the, well, right behind, yeah. right with them in the Ansa Motorsports Leisure. That's the car, isn't it, that won the opening round of the championship in Daytona? It is, and co-driven this weekend by Zachary Robichon, a guy who's already had quite a bit of track time this weekend because he's also racing in the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge, the Ultra 94 version. Isn't he in the uh, Canadian round of that yep uh, from north of the border both drivers in that ANSA car and it was a Canadian Roman DeAngelis who took the win of the first round of the championship this year in that number four so clearly putting Canadians in it tends to do pretty well especially when you come to Florida in the winter that seems like a popular idea and in the MPC class because we are under caution right now for the accident with that number 11 of Dr. Robert Masson it means that the 18 of young Wyatt Schwab is leading the field around behind the safety car when we go back to green he will have his hands full though because this will give a bit of an opportunity for some of the other drivers including Tazio Otis who's another youngster trying to prove himself but then the wily smart Dave House in that number 86 gets an opportunity to catch back up to the field maybe take a slight break that's what's important especially for the single driver lineups right now under caution you're effectively getting a chance to catch your breath it's not something you get to do much around Sebring International Raceway. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, certainly for, for many of these drivers, I think this will be a, a, a welcome breather yeah. because I'm sure they're finding out now, you know, with, uh, what, uh, 12 laps completed, uh, 10 of them under green now, two under caution, that this is uh, this is pretty physical. And be, I'm not, not sure how many of them have actually done a full race simulation here to find out yeah. exactly what it is like to drive one of these cars for an hour and three quarters all in one go Whew, practice sessions yeah exactly <laughs> practice sessions here a half an hour well that's one thing but uh, to drive effectively you know three and a half of those practice sessions all at once <laughs> that's a different proposition particularly uh, here at Sebring International Raceway I hope they eat good breakfasts because that makes a big difference so yeah Dave House in second we've got Tazio Otis in third the number 22 is in fourth as the forklift was not entered as an additional car but it was making its way around the circuit it has now retrieved the stricken number 11 that is being dangled in the air that broken right front suspension has actually been tethered to the tow truck so they are holding on to it to make sure that no extra bits fall off and the car has been pulled behind the guardrail going out the fencing and uh, trying to get off of the racing line as the forklift goes from repairing the barriers so the double yellow still hanging out over the timing and scoring stand at the start-finish line. Tanny out there on duty this morning for us. And the lights are still on the Mazda MX-5 safety car as it paces the field around. And let's see, one hour and 13. So we are eight minutes 
seven and a bit minutes away from this race getting to the point where we can do that refueling and those driver changes if necessary. That 74 car, man, it sure looked strong off the start, Jeremy. He didn't get the best go at the green flag, though. Now's a chance at redemption for Anthony Simone, getting another chance to effectively start the race. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but, you know, certainly with, with a long, long way to go and with co-drivers to take over the wheel of these two 47 motorsports uh, normas, uh, you know, there's no point in hanging out too much at this stage. If you can stay in touch, which is kind of what... Uh, TJ Fisher was doing it. was about four seconds behind uh, when uh, the caution came out, but this has given an opportunity to, uh, again, catch his breath and, uh, and, and now follow Anthony at the recite. Anthony Simone, uh, having made that pass on lap three, uh, is uh, clearly the man to beat at the moment and has a lot more experience in high horsepower cars than TJ Fisher, who's come out of uh, Pro Master Championship. Those cars probably have about uh, 200 and 40 250 horsepower lights out on the safety car thank you shay uh, and uh, so for tj fisher you know, managing the managing the the, the, uh, the car managing himself managing the tires that's all part of a part of a new new to him yes so he's doing exactly what he needs to do at the moment he'll hand over that car to austin mccusker and austin mccusker of course drove at uh, daytona qualified on the pole led most of the race so he's got more ex experience in this and the the youngster from uh, Long Island will will know exactly what he needs to do to bring that car home. More experience, i.e. one race. Oh, yes, true. <laughs> and that does make a difference, especially in the confidence going in. Well, I've already done the race at Daytona. I, I know what to do. I finished second there, so it's all good. They come through turn 17, and the Mazda pulls into the pit lane. We are back to green flag racing, and the number 74 gets a much better start. So... For sure, Simone making up, but Fisher not letting him out of the sight. The two of them still line astern. They are working together, it seems. The team cars and the two Norma chassis in the field have pulled out a tiny little bit. Well, the lead has, but third place right on the tail of that Norma as ooh, Rob Hodes has a bit of a moment going through three, just taking a little bit too much curb. Wyatt Schwab has lost the lead. Dave House has gone back through for MPC. The veteran knows what to do on the restarts. And for Wyatt Schwab, this is still a very new experience racing in these kind of cars. Yeah, very cool. And um, it says says a lot about Dave House. Just, you know, he's a, he knows what to do at these races. He's been there, done that uh, many, 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 Got the many times. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's still super competitive. You know, he's not just out there. Yes, he's having fun. But he wants to win as well. Uh, and that's the, you know, he's out in the front right now, and he, he will intend to stay there. They give you better T-shirts when you win. <laughs> that's what it is. The 74 ahead of the 47, both for 47 Motorsports. That's not at all confusing. I do like that they have used the same numbers and just inverted. That makes it easy to remember which team they are racing for. Yeah, and that's Gar Garrett Kletchin is the uh, team principal there at 47 Motorsports. He made his, oh. he made a one-off race last season. Yeah. I think it was at Three Creek, uh, Trois Rivières, wasn't it? Uh, uh, no, it was at... Um, Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's right. Cause we, yes, uh, I wasn't. Because we were talking about it. Indeed. <laughs> uh, so you know, now returning uh, with it with a first of all with a one-car team at Daytona. Now two cars, and uh, I know that quite a few other people were able to test drive the Norma fairly recently here. We're massively impressed by it. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> to see more of these French-built Norma M30 chassis. Well, Ligier's built in France as well, of course. Yes. Uh, in in the championship before too long 
consult the magic piece of paper that has all the answers on it. Garrett Clutchen, who started at one uh, one race at Lime Rock and then did do Tra Riviere. So it was Lime Rock, the solo race. Last year we had two rounds of the championship at every track except for one. And oh no, trouble for Ansa. That is in turn 17. Dean Baker has gone around. And can he get it turned in the right direction? He needs to find reverse. That's one thing that John Heindolf always says. When you get in a race car, make sure you know where reverse is because that's something that's not fun to ask over the radio. He does get it pointed back in the right direction and going again under its own power, and he goes straight into the pit lane off a of driver's right. We are still three minutes away from the window when we can do our driver change and have that minimum drive time be met. In some championships, they allow you to not so much worry about the minimum drive time for a singular driver if they're not involved in the championship. But in this case, both drivers would be disqualified if the car does not make the drive time for each of them. And the 26 of Jim McGuire has gone around. Is that at the exit of eight? Yep, it is just up by Chateau Alon. If you're staying up there, you've just had a good view of that. And did he go by himself? Yep, just a little bit too much curb on the left-hand side. Jim has got quite a bit of experience racing in the U.S. He's done the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge in the past. And in, uh, and, and and in, in these Europe. cars in Europe, uh, the LMP3 cars in Europe as well. He's brought his European co-driver, Matt Bell, along with him to do this race. And uh, Matt, who's very familiar with all sorts of driving in these cars, he's got a win at the Petit Le Mans from uh, quite a few years back and in Audi R8. That was with the Paul Miller racing crew. So he's a face that's known in this paddock. Although it was slightly confusing because we do have a Matt Bell who races a lot in the US as well. So we have Matt Bell and not that Matt Bell. Not that Matt Bell is not in the car yet. And Jim McGuire has managed to get going again. We'll have to keep an eye on that four as I believe it's back out on track, Jeremy. So a quick trip through the pit lane for the Ansel Motorsports Ligier. Perhaps noticing that uh, it wasn't quite yet time for that window to be open and sent him back out for a couple more laps before it does. And then Dean Baker can get out and hand over to Zachary Robichon. Yep, we are one and a half minutes away from the window opening. And the four car is showing up on the back side of the track, so that should work out pretty well. One more lap after this, I think. Dave House has his hands full again. Jim Garrett ahead of him in the number 42 LMP3 car has provided a bit of a block for Dave, and Dave is getting frustrated because Wyatt Schwab in the number 18 is all over his tail again. Dave's been here before. He knows how this movie plays. Jim Garrett, who has a new livery on the car this weekend. I don't remember there being an American flag on the tail fin of a car at Daytona, do you? Uh, no, but it was, well, I, I don't, but no. uh, it was certainly red, white, and blue Yes. at uh, Daytona. The 77 Monster Prototype Challenge car is in the pit lane as well, but that is not just a simple pit stop for Howard Jacobs of the Performance Tech team. A bit more work going on to that car. This battle continues. Dave House, what a champion. He is fending off a guy who's about 60 years younger than he is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's remarkable, isn't it? It really is. All he's right. hanging on to those P3 cars as he well. Is. There's you know, two or three P, uh, P3 cars right ahead of him. 
on the racetrack. So uh, the 51 car has worked its way back after that uh, early spin. The Mazda Prototype Challenge car is very nimble. Ooh, as Rob Hodas has gone off again at the exit of turn 16, he is well off the racetrack uh, on the grass, now takes an opportunity to get back on, kicks a bit of sand and dust onto the outside curbing, so people have to make sure not to get their tires dirty. Uh, yeah, I think he got away with that, Jeremy. The window, the pit window, is now open as of 30 seconds ago. So we'll have to see who dives into the pit lane early on and who stays out for a little bit more fun. Dave House and Wyatt Schwab, what entertainment. Wyatt is, he, he needs to sit behind Dave House for a little bit longer and just continue to learn from somebody who has so much experience in these cars and in life as uh, Dave House looks to make an inside move down Jim Garrett in the 42 yeah. and then thinks better of it. Uh, and that'll be frustrating for, for Dave because yeah. he's, he's clearly a little bit quicker, particularly through the twiddly bits, the, the, the corners, yes. than that car in front of him. Uh, but he's unable to foot the, uh, as soon as they get on the straights, that uh, five liter V8 engine able to, uh, the, the grunt of it and the torque and the horsepower in general able to pull away. But now coming into turn seven, Dave oh. dives to the inside. Brilliant move there <laughs> by Mr. House. Uh, and uh, White, uh, White Schwab, they're unable to, to follow him through. So now Dave House has a little bit, has some traffic uh, in a form of a, a very quick LMP3 car between himself and the second place car in MPC. Uh, and Wyatt Schwab there, he's, a, well, he's able to, to follow suit as well. Down at turn 10, he's able to get past the uh, the slower LMP3 car of, uh, who was that? 42, that was wasn't Jim it? Garrett. Yeah, Jim Garrett, absolutely. Yeah, and Stephen Dawes now has to deal with that traffic as well. He's in the number 22, another one of the performance tech machines. And a penalty is being called for car number 24, who made a pass while we were under yellow. And that has been confirmed by the video uh, that race control has gone back through. And Wyatt Schwab is very aggressive again on Dave House as they come through 14 and 15 around turn 16. And onto the back straight, we have a new leader. Wyatt Schwab is our MPC class leader, again being a bit hip-checky towards Dave House as he makes his pass. Dave won't be thrilled with that, and he's not. He's letting it be known with the body language of that number 86 machine. And Wyatt Schwab gets bounced out quite wide as they come through turn 17 through Sunset Bend and onto the front straight. A little bit of a gap between the two of them now. So we get another look on our screens as that move happened. Oh, Okay, Dave lost uh, the rear end under braking. He got a bit loose on that one and just locked up the brakes a bit. That opened the door for Wyatt Schwab. It looked a lot closer on the live uh, actual video feed, but upon replay, we do see Wyatt made a pretty clean pass. Got to give that to him. Pit stops have begun. The 55 is in. Jerry Kraut's day is done. Uh, Tim George in the number 24 is also in. The fueling going on for that number 55 machine. Fuel goes in driver's right of the car, the catch can on the left side. Tim George in the 24, the MPC car, already exiting the pit lane. Yeah, we saw Jerry Kraut come into the pit lane as well in car number 55 mm -hmm. uh, on, that, on that lap. He had been running in the uh, seventh position, made up a couple of places at the restart, uh, but uh, he's on pit lane, and that's not a scheduled stop because we're not yet quite at the... Uh, yeah, we are. Oh, we're at 40 minutes, yeah. isn't it? That's right, of course we are. So he is eligible to come into pit lane now. <laughs> and somebody must have told TJ Fisher that he's going to be pitting soon because this lap lap 
last lap through was the best of the race. He has done a one minute, 59 seconds, 0.165. And he's now bettered by his teammate, Anthony Simone, a 158.940. The fuel loads are getting light. The drivers have been told that their time behind the wheel is rapidly diminishing. Go out there, show us what you can do. And that's exactly what is going on. For that number 55 car that you were talking about, Jeremy, in the pit lane right now, Jerry Kraut handing over to Scott Andrews, the uh, Aussie that you were talking about, based in America now. We've also had a driver change for the number 44. That is the Ave Riley, the red prototype, the LMP3 car. Josh Hurley now behind the wheel of that. And those are really the only pit stops we've seen. Tim George, uh, the 44 and the 55. But it is still the 74, Anthony Simone, that is our leader as one hour to go is on the clock right now. TJ Fisher pursuing in second place though. He's 1.4 seconds behind his teammate and he knows that the pit stops are coming up so he's got an opportunity. Perhaps if they bring in the 74 before the 47, he can have one clear lap to try and put a bit of distance before handing over to his teammate, Austin McCusker, the number 47. We still have Chris Wright driving the number 30 as well, and Maxwell Hanratty in the number three. Both of those Ligiers will have new drivers as soon as the pit stops are completed. Now, there's no maximum drive time, but there is that minimum time. So between now and about the next 20 minutes, 19 minutes and 14 seconds for those being particular about uh, details, we will have to see driver changes for every car with two drivers. Yes, yeah, so there's a you know, good size window there. We won't be yeah. seeing all the cars into the pits all at once, but certainly those with uh, significantly faster co-drivers, the sort of kind of pro-am uh, the masters class. Like, yeah, the masters, exactly, good point. Uh, then uh, we, we would certainly would expect to see them in sooner rather than later to hand over to their co-drivers and try and make up some, some ground before the leaders come on to pit lane. We still have Lance Wilsey out on track. He is the fastest of our masters at the moment. But, of course, he is driving the number 33 machine by himself, so there is no need for him to come in at the beginning of the window. It's basically come in when you feel tired. We also have Cameron Castles out there by himself, and he's managed to come back uh, from that early spin. He's now into the seventh place overall. Leo Lamellis has dropped back to eighth position in that number seven car. He's co-driving with Padua Ward. Yeah, he has. He must have had a spin, I think, shortly after the restart. And, uh, and now he's just unable to find a way past Cameron Castles. Those two Oop. having a pretty lengthy battle. And we have a slew of pit stop takers as a couple of cars drive dive into the pit lane, including the number 17, which is Matthew Dickin, who will be handing over to Corey Lewis. We also have the 19, which is Brad Baker. And remind me who Brad uh, roped in to drive with him again, some Belgian guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jan Halen will be taking over. And then the 25, Joel Janko has come into the pit lane as well. And he is passing off to former series champion, Kenton Cook. Not a bad uh, pair of hands that we are getting behind the wheels of those three cars sitting on the pit lane. All of them Ligiers, should also say. Yeah, Ian Halen, Corey Lewis, and Kenton Cook walked into a bar. Not the start of a joke, but they are about to all go out on track together. So that will be very amusing. 
we are just being shown a replay of, uh, oh, it's the 74. It's Anthony Simone putting a lap on the four, the answer machine that won at Daytona. Well, at least he tried. He went a little bit too deep on the braking and went well wide. Where on track was that? But that must have cost him the lead, and it has because TJ Fisher has gone through, so his teammate in the other normal has retaken the lead, and in response... Anthony Simone comes into the pit lane as well as that number four machine driven now by Dean Baker to be driven by Zachary Robichon. The 74, Anthony Simone, perfectly into his pit box, will hand over, and his day is now done. That's a very good job, though, I have to say, from Anthony Simone. Very, very impressive drive. So the pit stops are going on, and... The four car has pulled the driver out. They're doing the refueling. For the 19, they are changing tires. That's interesting because not every team does. It's not mandatory that you change tires. You have the time should you choose to do it, but fuel and tires not at the same time. Minimum pit stop times are enforced to keep it even. Shane Lewis has also come into the pit lane in that number 23, Ligier. He'll be handing over to Mike Skeen. They're of uh, a different heights, are Shane Lewis and Mike Skeen. Just thinking about that. Driver comfort. Yeah, good good job here by uh, by car number, twin, by number, ooh, number two, uh, 36, Paul LaHaye, <laughs> who's got up to third position now in, M uh, in MPC, ahead oh. of the young, much younger Tazio Ortiz. Uh, much more experienced Tazio Ortiz as well. He's driven, driven a lot of different cars, open-wheel cars primarily. But Paul LaHaye... From, uh, from Louisiana, doing a nice job there in third place in car number 36. That's a very distinctive liveried car. TJ Fisher comes through turn 17. Are you pink? Very, very pink. Lovely pink. Bubblegum pink. And TJ Fisher stays out on track for another lap. So his driving time has not yet expired. He's got Tim George ahead of him in the number 24 MPC car. Tim George has already been into the pit lane. The 51 is on an outlap. Rob Holtz having handed over to Sean Rahal as we have... Who's that in front of Paul LaHaye? Is that Jim Garrett? Might be. Uh, it is still TJ Fisher. Maxwell Hanratty is in second. Chris Wright in the number 30 has finally come into the pit lane and he will be handing over to Michael Weldon who drove alongside Maxwell Hanratty at the Daytona round of the championship. Lance Wilsey moves up into third since Chris Wright came into the pits. Wyatt Schwab continues to lead the MPC category as we are going through pit stops ahead of Dave House. And as he mentioned, Paula Hay in that pink car, man, it looks really good from the aerial shots. Yeah, and uh, TJ Fisher now, he's lapping in the, uh, the high two-minute range, so quite a bit slower than he was before. Taziotis looking to make a move down the inside of Paula Hay on the back straight going into turn 17. Gets it done. Can he make it stick over the bumps, though? That's a question. And yes, he does. He is about two car lengths ahead of Paula Hay as they exit turn 17. Come on to the front straight. Now, Paula Hay driving the car by himself. That pink machine is all his, but Taziotis will get out and hand over to M. Bart Wolf. So uh, Tazio knows that if he has something to prove, it is now, and that's exactly what he did. He took advantage of that opportunity given to him. TJ Fisher coming out of turn 16 now onto the back stretch. We'll have to see if he takes his leave. 
as the seven has come into the pit lane as well, which means Pato Award will be getting into that car. A kid who's fast in literally anything he gets into. Jeremy, you were witnessing that at St. Petersburg as well. Yeah, no, he's, he's a, a real talent. Is uh, Patricio Award, no question about it. Uh, and uh, he, he's, he's made a couple of starts in his championship before this weekend in a, a PC car a couple of years ago, uh, finishing third place on, on that occasion. But now he's got a lot more experience under his belt and he won convincingly last weekend in the opening Indy Lights race of the championship. Unfortunately, he made a mistake while leading the second one, but he's still in, uh, you know, he, 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 he was fast and, and that's the important thing and right up in the championship chase in Indy Lights. And our PC champion last year in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, he got every single fastest lap that was up for grabs, which, yes, there wasn't a great deal of competition in car count-wise, but there was in driving talent-wise. And he managed to come away with that distinct honor that I don't think that's been replicated before in uh, IMSA competition, that somebody has won every single fastest lap of every single round. No, that is pretty remarkable. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be interested to watch him in the main race as well this weekend yep. because he is going to be a contender. TJ Fisher continuing to just drive around completely unthreatened. 16, almost 17 seconds over the next closest car. So TJ is out there for a nice Friday afternoon drive around the bumps of Sebring International Raceway. Coming on to the back stretch now, out of turn 16. I love the camera shots of this track. It's just something that it's so historic. You feel Sebring, no matter where you go. If cars are out running around, it feels as it has for the last almost 70 years of motorsport competition. Same concrete, same surface. I love it. The 30 has come into the pit lane and is now exiting, so Chris Wright has done his job. And our leader, TJ Fisher, stays out for at least one more lap. Wyatt yeah, Schwab he, also stays out. He, he can stay out for another five minutes yet before he yep. needs to come onto pit lane. So another two, you know, uh, what, two or three laps. Two laps just to be safe. Yep. You don't want to take a chance of missing the window here. That would be a, a silly way to throw away a guaranteed race win. And this team, as you mentioned, practicing their pit stops in, in the uh, practice sessions, they understand just how much can be won and lost in those opportunities, having experienced that at the uh, Roar Before the 24, the opening round of this 2018 championship. And they've got some really fun tracks that they get to go to over the course of the year. They've already been to Daytona, of course, here at Sebring for the next 50 minutes of racing. Then it's off to Barber Motorsports Park in April, Canadian Tire Motorsports Park in July, Virginia International Raceway. These cars are going to be wicked around VIR. That's in August. And then finishing out the season at Road Atlanta, part of the Motul Petit Le Mans weekend. It's a really good calendar for an hour and 45-minute race each weekend two drivers per car for most of them as the 42 roars back into life jim garrett out of that car now should be robbie foley should it not in the 42 uh yep and there was a moment where the number 19 going into turn 17 locked up the rears but managed to keep it on the straight and narrow 
19 should be Ian Halen now, should it not, Jeremy? Yeah, Brad Baker got out. They've made that driver change, hasn't they? Yeah, yep. so uh, it, it's lost quite a bit of ground during that round of pit stops. Well, plus, uh, no, number 19 car was already a lap down. He had a, a, an early pit stop on lap six, so he was a lap down to the leaders. So pretty much out of contention for uh, for a, a, a top result here. But, hey, he's going to push on hard, Jan Halen, that's for sure. Pushing on hard is TJ Fisher. Still not coming into the pit lane yet. Lance Wilsey also still pounding around. Not doing a driver change, though, is the 33, our Masters class leader at the moment. So he's got a, a bit of time to play with himself. But as you say, you don't really want to push it too finely. You do want to make that stop if you're handing off because that 40-minute uh, minimum drive time, it works both ways. You have to get 40 minutes into the race, but you also have to allow your co-driver 40 minutes of the race. TJ Fisher, Lance Wilsey, Wyatt Schwab in third overall right now because of the pit stop cycle ahead of Dave House, Stephen Dawes, Tim George, and then Maxwell Hanratty, who has come into the pit lane in that number three machine. So we will have another newbie to this series, Benjamin Waddell, making his debut as soon as he leaves the pit lane. Tazua Otis has also come in and is handing over to Bart Wolf. Yeah, and uh, so the uh, the only cars that not yet made the pit stop. TJ Fisher, by the way, has, has uh, increased his pace again. Last couple of laps, lapping in the mid-59s, that's a lot better. The three previous laps, he was uh, high and then mid one minute. So losing a second a lap, effectively, over what the pace he'd been running before. But now picked that up again. The last two laps were good. 59.5, 1 minute 59.51, 159.54. So good consistency there for our race leader. Uh, and he's got a, a, a very large margin now over Lance Wilsey in second place. The Masters leader still yet to make his pit stop as well. The only other cars still to uh, come onto pit lane are a trio of uh, MPC cars. Uh, number 18, White Schwab leads away third, third overall at the moment. Dave House, who's fallen now 10 seconds behind, but still doing a great job in second place in car number 86. And number 22, Stephen Dawes and Tim George in 24, also yet to make their first their, their, their only pit stop. I do see that uh, Paul LaHaye has made his pit stop because the bright pink car was blinding as it drove beneath us, Jeremy. So that's an easy indicator of who's in. Is the 47 staying out again? Yes, he is. Okay, so he's got uh, potentially this lap and one more to play with before it starts getting a bit nervous to get his co-driver in for the drive time. Minimum pit stop time and the pit delta does not count towards your drive time. So if you're sitting in the pit lane, it's not going against that 40-minute minimum. It's 40 minutes out on track, and it begins when you trigger the pit out beacon. So that is something that they will want to be cognizant of. That 47 Motorsport team, and I'm sure they are, very professional organization. Even if they are new to this form of racing, they were very impressive at the Daytona round. Wyatt Schwab's still out there. He's driving around on his own as well. Nobody in camera shot of the youngster. He's going to be a bit spoiled after this. Jeremy's going to think that all races are like this. La la la, driving around by himself completely unpressured at this point yep well yeah i mean you know he's got uh oh and he's spitting yeah finally yep. so he's going to bring that third place car onto pit lane the mpc leader we'll see whether uh, dave house stays out uh, any longer to 
No, no, he won't be. He won't be because uh, we've got Ooh. only 45. Oh no, no, he, he doesn't. He can make his pits up when he likes. There has been a mechanical blocked flag, Jeremy, for the leader. T.J. Fisher is showing up as having a mechanical black flag issued against that car. Whether that is the team asking race control to give that because maybe there's some sort of radio communications. Maybe that's why we haven't yet seen T.J. Fisher pit. Let's see. He's supposed to be coming Whoa. around now. They've got the number board. Note he has made his way into the pit lane. That's okay. odd. That's something we need to keep an eye on. Well, it is because you know, he, 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 uh, he to come in. You know, this lap, the next one, or the latest, the one after that, because yes. uh, otherwise he would uh, not leave enough time for Austin McCusker to complete the 40-minute minimum in this race. And we have seen with teams in the past before across multiple different series, if there is perhaps a radio communication issue, if the driver is not responding, they can ask IMSA to issue a mechanical black flag, which will be hung out over the start-finish line, to their driver to say, hey, please come in the pits. That is a very good fail-safe method of communication. If all else fails, they hang that out, they let it be known, and the driver can see as they cross the start-finish line that something's going on and they need to come into the pit lane. We do still use the boards, of course, which you hang out over the pit wall, but it's not exactly something you can do here at Sebring International Raceway. There's a large catch fence down the front straight. And we've got a battle developing on track. That is the number 40, uh, 33, Lance Wilsey, being hounded by the 44 of uh, Josh Hurley behind the wheel of that one. Now the Ave. And Lance, who is our leader because he has not yet come into the pit lane, now, he doesn't have a co-driver. He doesn't have to pit within the window. That's right. But he will run out of fuel, so he will want to pit at some point. And look who's going fast. Patricio O'Ward in the number seven. The young Mexican has put in the fastest sector one time that we have seen of the race. And considering the fact that he just got some fuel added to that number seven Ligier, that's impressive. We've got a lot of cars running around when they were light that we're not doing times as quickly as what Pato has just done with a heavy car. 42 minutes and 48 seconds to go in this, the second round of the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda for the 2018 season. Our leader, Lance Wilsey, in the American flag Ligier. I would expect him to make a pit stop soon, Jeremy. Oh, yes. Dave House is our MPC leader, the 75-year-old spring chicken, who uh, is leading as a fact that he has not yet made his pit stop either. Lance Wilsey leaves the door open for the 44, the Ave. That is not for position, but that is the Ave gaining a lap back. And Lance Wilsey comes into the pit lane. If Dave House stays out, an MPC car will be the leader because he has not yet made a pit stop. And, oh, there's drama on the back straight. That is the number 28. That is Bart Wolf with left front issues. Already made the pit stop and handed over. Tazio Otis doing a great job in the first stint. Is that suspension issue, Jeremy? It looks like the wheel is a bit towed in a different direction. Sebring is a track notorious for the bumps, but the bumps can also cause suspension issues, especially if uh, your suspension is maybe not quite set up 100% correctly. Dave House goes out of 16 onto the backstretch. Is he going to pit or is he going to lead? What's your money on, Jeremy? 
Um, sorry, what was is, question? Is Dave, Dave House going to lead? No, he probably will lead the race. We saw the same at Daytona when uh, Robert Masson stayed out uh, over, I think, led the race for a couple of laps as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's not uh, unprecedented in this new format. And, uh, no, it's actually Chris Wright, Chris Wright who stayed out longest. No, no, he was driving the P, uh, no, he was P car, wasn't he? Yes. P3 car. So, okay, no. Uh, I don't think we... No, so Masson, I think, didn't quite lead overall, but uh, nearly did, I believe. Dave House is our leader. Is he the youngest guy in the field, Dave? The, the least young driver. The least by, young. By a, by a considerable margin, yes. Uh, see, experience, age over experience, clearly, for uh, age and experience. Youthful exuberance is what I was trying to come up with. Pato Award lighting up the timing screen. Still purple sector one, purple sector two. That kid is trying really hard to get back to the front of the field. Dave House is enjoying this leading a race overall in that number 86 machine. It won't last very long, though, because he will come into the pits. And uh, Tim George, Austin McCusker, Michael Weldon, Benjamin Waddell, those are names that we now have to deal with uh, toward the top end of the timing charts. Austin McCusker on the outlap, having taken over the 47 Norma of the 47 team from his co-driver, TJ Fisher did a really good job in the uh, the first ever race for him in um, this series. Pato Ward just set the fastest lap of the race in kind of a seven, go. making up for that uh, spin perhaps earlier on for uh, Leo Lamellas, but now he is charging along. He's got a lot of ground to make up, but uh, he's still got uh, nearly 40 minutes to do so, so it's not out of the realm of possibility for uh, Pato Ward to win this race. He's got about, I think it'll be uh, the... the the norm of number 47 car will be leading. What happened to the uh, the 74 car? Yeah, dropped out. We haven't seen that car back out again after that pit stop that was right before the uh, the uh, minimum time. So that's a great shame. Rodrigo yeah. Fluka, the young Peruvian, was set to take over that car. It was super fast yesterday. He was. And uh, they were looking uh, good here for a uh, certainly a podium finish, but that's not going to be for that Aww. 74 car today. So the, I think Austin McCusker is going to be out in the lead with a pretty handy margin over Michael Ooh. Weldon in car number 30. Ben Waddell in is going to be in third place. Then Josh Hurley. Uh, and uh, Pado Award is only about four seconds behind Josh Hurley. And uh, I think that uh, margin will disappear very, very rapidly. Dave House pulls into the pit lane to make his stop. He will have to get out of that number 86 machine, even though he is the only driver. Has to jump out of it while they do the refueling. And uh, he's sort of sitting there for a minute, taking in a breath and going, whoo, Sebring is a tough place to drive by yourself. Must have been a terrible pit stop for the number 25 as Kenton Cook has just left the pit lane. It's showing as 558 seconds in sector one, AKA the pit lane. So a long stop for the P1 motorsport car, dropping them well out of contention. Not a great start to the season for Kenton and his co-driver Joel Janko. Fuel going on for that number 86 machine that came in from the lead of the race. Tim George has also come into the pits. In second, the, another one of the MPC cars, he drives the number 24, which means that the lead should cycle back through to Austin McCusker and the number 47. He will be ahead of Mike Weldon in that number 30, Ligier. And then in third, it'll be close between Lance Wilsey in the 33 and Benjamin Waddell in that number three, Ligier, because Wilsey right now on an outlap, Waddell fully up to speed. Beautiful day here at Sebring International Raceway. 
The fog has burned off and it is clear blue skies for 37 minutes of racing to go. 37 minutes and 15 seconds as we still have a pretty full field. We've only lost three cars, Jeremy, so it's not the end of the world. 23 of them still pounding around on the 3.74 miles that make up Sebring International Raceway. And the 47, as soon as he comes around, should be our class leader. Well, he is our class leader, but he should be our overall leader, as uh, that is Austin McCusker, the youngster who did such a fine job at Daytona. Lost the race on a pit stop that uh, did not go according to plan. He's got a lot of Formula experience, having raced in Formula 4 and F2000 in the past, but this is really where he is finding a rhythm. I think it's fair to say, Jeremy, this is a track, a series where young McCusker has really felt this place kind of works. Yeah, I know. He's, he's raced here in in the past and, and done well here. So, uh, and you know, he's driven this, he's getting pretty familiar with this car now and is looking forward to bringing this car home. He's got a, a, a margin now of over 16 seconds over Michael Weldon in second place. Ben Waddell, yep. about... Uh, 12 seconds behind him in third and again a long way clear of Pato Ward who's now moved ahead of number 44 car and up into fourth <coughs> excuse me fourth position. Pato Award has 45 seconds to make up on Austin McCusker the leader and 36 minutes just under to do that. If anyone can do it, I think Pato can. But uh, keep in mind, there are obstacles in the way between the young Mexican in that number seven machine and the leader in the number 47, Austin McCusker. Those obstacles being Mike Walton and Benjamin Waddell. So catching cars is one thing, passing them is another. Even if you can make up two seconds a lap on the leader, as soon as you get up to a little bit of traffic, your momentum tends to get slowed. Yeah, I don't think there's any way Pato is going to make up two seconds a lap, no. certainly on on Austin McCusker. Uh, but he'll uh, he'll make up at least a second a lap, I think, on on the other guys that are out there at the moment. And he does only have uh, how far? 16 seconds to get to Benjamin Woodell, so that is definitely doable by the end of the race. 34. Well, it's going to be close. Wyatt Schwab continues to lead in the MPC category, having passed Dave House, uh, who was still in the pit lane. Tim George is also still in the pits, although now just exiting. And Dave House now gets things going again and drives towards the pit exit. Austin McCusker, what must he be thinking right now? He's got no one really ahead of him in terms of traffic. He doesn't have to worry about too much of that right now. And the nearest competition being 16 seconds back, it, it's a different headspace when you're leading and there is nobody around. You don't have to fight. He's got to worry about getting too relaxed, too comfortable. If you're on the radio, what do you say to someone like that, Jeremy? You deal with a lot of youngsters. Yeah, just, uh, just keep your head and uh, and just drive centrally. He's thinking whoopee right now because yeah. uh, it's, it, he knows it's his race to lose. All he's got to do is is uh, keep his nose clean and uh, and steer clear of, of lapped cars when he comes up behind them. Just give him a safe berth, and he's got this race completely under control. So you know, he doesn't have to push too hard. As you say, he's going to make sure he doesn't lose confidence, but at the same time, he's got to you know, push hard enough to keep yourself interested, to keep yourself alert, to keep yourself on your toes. And that is what Austin McCuster needs to concentrate on right now. 
The 19 is back in the pit lane, rumbles by underneath us. That was a white helmet in the car, which I don't normally associate with Ian Halen, but perhaps he didn't have all of his kit with him this weekend. That car uh, making a debut in the series this weekend, the Brad Baker racing with Kerr on the side of the car, and some of their mechanics actually are uh, from some familiar teams. I know Reese lent a couple of guys to them, and uh, the car went up on the air jacks. They checked everything, made sure it was okay, and now sent them back out. Maybe there was a slow puncture on that car or something of the sort. Patricio Award, though, pushing as hard as ever, just sets the fastest lap of the race again. But Austin McCusker maintaining that 16-second gap over second place better part of 16 seconds. Wyatt Schwab ahead of Dave House by quite a margin at this stage. Still waiting for Dave House to cross the start finish line. And ooh, Tim George has gone into the tires at the exit of 17. That is just after the bridge. And he's signaling that he can't get out of there by himself. And Dr. Tim George is going to need some help. Uh, he's taking off his belts. I can't see how this won't be a full course caution, Jeremy. He's not in a good place. Yeah, and he's signaling to the track marshals nearby that that's his day done. How that's, unfortunate. Yeah, very unfortunate, but certainly very good news for uh, particularly for Patricia Award, who yeah. now is going to have an opportunity to close right in and he's going to be in fourth place at the restarts with well, uh, what we know is a very, very fast car in that uh, number seven machine for Charles Wicks Racing. And now the full course caution has come out for Tim George out of Austin, Texas. Guy with a stock car background who's raced in this series on and off in the past. In uh, 2016, he did seven races, including the two at Sebring International Raceway, but he missed Sebring last year. Only ran three races, and they were Watkins Glen and one at uh, Petit Le Mans. Yeah, it's going to take uh, not, well, it shouldn't be too long to get that car extricated from the tire barrier. But uh, Dr. George realizing that driving the car back, especially to the pit lane, which is basically clear across the racing line from where he is right now, not something that he could do safely. The other guy to watch at the restart, I think, is going to be Sean Rahal in car number 51. He's taken over that car from Rob Hoders. Had a couple of uh, grassy moments in the early stages of this race. Mm. But young Sean Rahal, who actually shares a house with uh, Scott Andrews. Where are those together That's on the racetrack? Yeah. Uh, Scott, Scott's actually lapped down, unfortunately, now with that, with that earlier than scheduled pit stop for uh, Jerry Kraut. Unfortunately, Scott's a lap down, but, uh, but Sean isn't. He's in the 11th place in car number 51, <laughs> and he is going to be looking to make considerable ground towards the front. Sean Rahal, who just recently had a birthday, so happy belated birthday to him, although he can't hear us because he's in the car. He's also driving in the 12 hours this weekend in the red Lexus. And Sean, who's a kid, an American kid who has done quite a bit in Europe. He's had success over there in the LMP3 championship, driving with John Falb. They got a win at Le Mans this year in the support race for LMP3. It was very cool to hear the Stars and Stripes, uh, Star Spangled Banner playing out over the loudspeakers. Yeah. And Sean standing on the top step. Yeah, with John Falb. And yep. they're looking to continue that, uh, that form this season in Europe. That'll be his primary focus this season and, and Scott Andrews is going to get an opportunity to drive over there as well uh, with Jerry Kraut so uh, they, those two sharing house at the moment in, uh, in Atlanta 
and uh, Scott is so excited to have this opportunity finally. He's been working so hard now for several years. The same could be said for Sean Rahal, mm. uh, to be fair. Uh, but Scott, you know, from Australia, and uh, he, he's looking to make the most of this opportunity in the LMP3 car here. He had an opportunity to drive some races in Europe at the end of last season, including the uh, Walter Hayes Trophy at Silverstone, where he, where he, wow. he, he showed very well indeed. And uh, that's opened a few opportunities for him as well. And he's going to be racing in Europe this season, as I say. Just he couldn't be more excited about that, uh, uh, that opportunity. Very, very well deserved. So your leaders before the caution came out, and as they run now, Austin McCusker in that number 47, he is going to be thoroughly depressed that that happened because his gap of 16 seconds over the rest of the field has evaporated. Michael Weldon, though, will be thrilled because he, in the number 30, Ligier, now has an opportunity to go for the win. Behind him, teammate Benjamin Waddell, both cars for ESM. Ben driving the number three, and behind him, the guy that we're looking at, Padua Ward. Uh, and Austin McCusker has just has not been heeding these uh, these yellow flags. He's yeah. he's he's still. I mean, last lap was a 2:06. The full course caution lights have been out here for a couple of laps. So why he hasn't slowed? Well, I guess he hasn't come across the safety car yet. But uh, uh, he will be. Um, I'm sure the race control will be saying, "Hey, slow down. You know, wait for the safety car wherever it, wherever it is." and tuck him behind it so we can pack up this field, get the, uh, the, the other car off the racetrack and get back to racing. We're still going to have um, you know, oh, well over 20 minutes to go. We've got oh, 28 yeah. minutes to go right now uh, uh, with the field under caution with 33 laps completed, well, only now by Austin McCusker because he's pulled ahead of the rest of the field. The fans are definitely going to get their money's worth out at the end of this race, though, because all of a sudden we have a runaway battle that has turned into, well, a four-way, effectively, battle for the win. With Padua Ward in fourth, well, Josh Hurley in fifth. Could the Ave sneak through and get its first no, win? No, it's not fast enough, uh, unfortunately. But behind, uh, behind, <laughs> behind Josh Hurley... Uh, certainly a few cars further back. Matt Bell is in ninth position, yeah. economy 26. He's going to be fast. Robbie Foley in number 42 car is in 10th place. Sean Rahal in 11th. That now car number 51, that is yep. certainly going to be one to watch in the latter stages. And in terms of our master's class, Lance Wilsey now has Cameron Castles right behind him. So that will be a battle for that win as well in 6th and 7th overall. Wyatt Schwab will have to worry about Dave House again. Now the tides have changed. Dave House not leading into the restart. Wyatt Schwab will be. How long before that changes, though? That's something we'll have to wait and see once they do the pass around and split the classes. And there was a note on uh, the timing screen saying all cars passed the safety car. The safety car having not picked up the leader. So that will take a couple extra minutes to get that uh, figured out. And now we have 22 cars remaining in this race. The 28 must have got back out. Uh, Bart Wolf. Remember we saw the left front was a bit wonky on that car coming down the back straight. He must have fixed it though. So potentially not a suspension issue then, perhaps just a slight tire concern. Yeah, and unfortunately, number 25 car clearly has had some, some problems as well. Very, very, very long pit stop. Very, very, very long pit stop. That's right. For Kenton Cook will take over that, that car for the restart, but he's now four laps 
off the over the overall pace. So he's got he's going to have a fast car, but really no uh, no hope of getting back anywhere into contention. Yeah, they spent uh, 560 seconds in sector one for their pit yeah, stop, which right. was substantially more than what anyone else did. And if I was good at math, I could actually figure out how many minutes that was. But uh, I'm afraid the brain power is rather overstimulated at the moment. The 47 though goes across the start finish line beautiful American flag on the splitter of that car. Hadn't noticed it before, but when they're going that slowly, you can really see it, uh, especially from our vantage point. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a colorful car at, uh, yeah. at Daytona, wasn't it? It's a really uh, creative uh, paint scheme on that car. And it's finally, the safety car has gone out and picked up the race leader. So it's now up to everybody else to catch on up. Yep. That they are doing right now. Command has been given for all cars to pack up behind the safety car. And Tanny standing out on the timing and scoring stand on the front straight is signaling to them, come on, guys, go through, go on. It's still full course caution, but you need to catch back up. We need to get this thing going again. Yeah, and they do need to set the uh, reset the MPC field because they've got kind of straddled up there amongst the uh, right at the tail end of the lead lap was Wyatt Schwab. And uh, the, other, the other cars, uh, Dave House was actually lapped down to the overall leader mm. prior to this full course caution, but not a lap down to White Schwab. So I'm, I presume they're going to reset that. Yes. And um, before we go back to green. What they do is they have all of the LMP3 cars move to one side, all of the MPC cars move to another, and then they simply make the pass. So it's, it's a very, in theory, simple process but sometimes when you get drivers who get slightly confused perhaps don't read the rule book as thoroughly as they should and it's 131 pages worth for a rule book and they really should read every single one of them but you do get a bit of confusion sometimes especially when exhaustion sets in and quite frankly jeremy the drivers who are doing this race by themselves have now been out there for an hour and 22 minutes by themselves around sebring it's very tiring and the brain power tends to drain away as well yeah. So, well, now, now the field has uh, has caught up again, and pass around has commenced. Yeah, good. Number seventy-seven car is a uh, a couple of laps behind, but it was trapped in between the uh, safety car and the class leader, so it is able to run around the safety car and catch up to the back of the field. Uh, there should be Dave House and uh, also Stephen Dawes and and, and Paul LaHaye. Uh, also, I think should be able to. Uh, come on around. There's Dave House. So he's not. Mm -hmm. He's not making. He's not making that move. So hmm. it is up to the team. I'm pretty sure he hadn't been lapped by the. Uh, I'm sure he hadn't been lapped by. Uh, by the overall leader. By no, by the class leader. Ah, yes. No, I don't think he had either. I, I believe that they were separated on track. Forklift is needed to try and extricate the number 24 of Dr. Tim George. Uh, not him, but the car, should say. He's gotten out of the car himself uh, and went with the IMSA safety crew. Zachary Robichon, unfortunately, in car number four, he is a lap down to Aww. the rated, as is Scott Andrews in car number 55, uh, which we talked about a little while ago. Uh, both of those two cars, are, they, they are not going to be able to get the pass around, so they are going to be still trapped one lap down to the leader, Austin McCusker. It's quite a, a big to-do to try and get this car removed from turn 17, Jeremy. As Howard Jacobs goes by us from the pass around. Hello to the fans out there. Hope you're enjoying a beautiful day in the Sunshine State. Bit chilly. I blame all the people who came to visit Florida for bringing this cold weather with them. We Floridians certainly aren't used to this kind of uh, weather in the mornings. 
certainly not second week of March. And happy early St. Patrick's Day to y'all. Oh, I love, there's a, a safety worker who has a tiger tail hanging out the back of his hat. That is brilliant. I really hope his name is Tony, Tony the Tiger. Full course caution. That was Dave House just went past from the Okay, yep. good. So he has taken the uh, the uh, the pass around, and uh, he will be able to, if he can hustle, get back uh, onto the tail end of the lead lap. He's got a long way to go. He's got almost a full lap to do. Yeah, he can yeah. number 28 also was, uh, he's a couple of laps down now, uh, but the number 22 car is not. He is back on the lead lap. Stephen Dawes and in third position in car number 22. And Stephen's done a good job this weekend. He's not got a lot of racing experience, but uh, he is learning pretty quickly from uh, Sydney, New York, up in the Catskill Mountains. He is 51 years of age and absolutely loving his opportunity. He's a chemical engineer by trade. Wow. And uh, he ran the Jeff Gordon Racing driving experience, did some track days and a little bit of club racing. And then for a few years, he was a, he was a part-time crewman at uh, Performance State Motorsports, wasn't yep. he? Uh, but now getting an opportunity to drive these cars. This is his second season and uh, is running now in what would be a career-best third place and also uh, in contention for the restart will be car number 36. And that is Paul LaHaye in that distinctive pink car for the one motorsports team. He is teammates to Dave House. During the race at Lime Rock Park last year, at one point, Stephen Dawes was running up in the third position and the team got all excited for him because it's one of their own who looked like he was going to get his first podium, unfortunately. That resulted in a DNF during that race, but the team long waiting to celebrate with Stephen for that first uh, chance to spray some bubbly. And it would be a long time coming. What better place to get it than here in Sebring, the uh, closest track that we go to for the Performance Tech Motorsport Organization. They are based out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So it would be a very good day for them, especially if they could get two cars on the podium. Pass round is still going on as Dave House crosses the start-finish line now. The field is on the back side of the course, so there's about a half a lap. He should be able to catch up before we get going back to green if we go back this time by. The stricken car has been removed, so I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. No, that's true, and he's still got a hustle, Dave. He's got yep. a better part of half a lap to make up, so no point in hanging around now. Get on with it to catch up with the back, and you know, who knows, and... Uh, that's number 22 car and number 28. Number 22 car is in third position. It's mm -hmm. heading into turn one now. Kind of stuck behind Bart Wolf here. Bart Wolf isn't going. What's his sector time? Uh, He's not quick enough. He needs to get yeah. on the, get on the gas. Uh, and then somewhere behind them also is kind of a 36 who's uh, who's I think got the message now and pushing on to try and catch up to the tail end of the field, which is uh, yeah about a half a lap ahead of them. But the lights are still on on that safety car. They do tend to turn off the lights around this yes. section of the track as they come around the back portion of the course. Going in through tower turn is the tail end of the field and in through 13, 14, 15. And then for the approach to 16, the lights are, I think they're still on. There's a little bit of flickering. Not sure if that was from the light bar or just a reflection from the sun because it has turned into such a beautiful day. Lights are off. Thank you very much to all of our cameramen and women around the course. And that beautiful little Mazda now gets an opportunity to hustle away from the LMP3 cars 
leave them to have a bit of fun because we now have 18 minutes to go in this race and it is anyone's for the taking. Yeah, we've got 12 LMP3 cars on the lead lap. Oof. We've got uh, four MPC cars. They are also back on the, the overall race lead lap now as well. Uh, Zachary Robichon is the first of the cars one lap down. That's kind of a four in LMP3 car. Number 55 uh, is... Uh, is uh, Scott Andrews and Jan Halen also in car number 19 also is one lap down. So those three are, are all very quick drivers. That could be quite a good battle going on yeah. there. It's for 13th position and a lot of pride, I think, uh, <laughs> one lap down to the overall race leaders. No, no pride. No, they're, they're all very humble racing drivers. After you, Claude. No, 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 after you. The uh, lights are off. The safety car is coming through turn 17 and so is the field, but they are in anger as now Austin McCusker in that Norma has an opportunity to pull away from the Ligiers behind him because the number four, the Ansa Motorsport car, is trapped in between himself and second and third spot. Both of the ESM machines playing a bit of a tail gunner for Austin McCusker there. And uh, it is now Michael Weldon who is in second in that number 30 machine. Ben Waddell is third in the number three. And then Padua Ward in fourth in that number seven. But just because they're there now doesn't mean they won't change it. As soon as I say that, Padua Ward jumps up to the third position. Excellent move by Pato. There are quite a few lapped LMP3 cars Correct. between the leader and then second place, but that doesn't matter for Pato Award. He's looking to get onto the podium and then further up. That's all he cares about at the moment. That's exactly right. Number four and 55. That's uh, Zach Robichon and Scott Andrews. They are battling for, well, second and third on the racetrack, yep. but a lap down to the overall race leader. So Austin McCusker, he's going to have, at this stage in the game, he's going to have to turn a few laps and make sure he doesn't come under pressure from them. Is that, uh, That's Pato. Yeah, Pato Ward diving down the inside at turn 10. Whoa! Oh. Ouch! Big God. spin for the number three. That was Benjamin Waddell at his first start. And also, Robbie Foley gets turned around in the number... Or no, that's Lance Wilsey in the number 33. Yeah. So that is our Masters class leader, which will put Cameron Castles into the Masters class lead, at least temporarily, as Wilsey is trying to wait for a safe gap and more contact. Who was that? That's the 19. So that is Yan Halen. And is that the four of uh, Zachary Robichon? As, I think you're right. Oh, no. And uh, Robichon has stopped on the apex of a corner. No, it's Cameron Castles. Okay. It's the number 75. A very bad lap for our Masters class. Yeah. We lost. Who's <laughs> left standing? Yeah, who who wants to who win is this left one? Standing? Yeah, right. Um, be, I guess it'll be the. Uh, it would probably be. Uh, no, Matthew Dickon is not a Masters class. Well, no, uh, Jim McGuire? Well, yeah. Matthew Dickin, uh, he's a master. Corey oh. Lewis isn't, but if he finishes ahead there, that's going to be yep. good enough. Padua Ward with a brilliant move down the inside, and Benjamin Waddell just missing his breaking point, and a great job by Josh Hurley in the number 44 to avoid hitting the side of the ESM green and black machine. Lance Wilsey spinning a bit further back in the field in the same spot that that previous spin had happened. Wow, that was action-packed. McCusker leads from Patricio Award, 1.7 seconds back and under 15 minutes. And Shane, uh, Sean Rayhold is in the pit lane, so uh, oh, no. not sure what happened to number 51 car. Was he one of those spinners no. on that, on that uh, restart lap? I, I didn't see him spin, but I'll tell I... Tell you what, uh, I'm ninth position overall. Oh, okay, I was just going to say what happened to White because in... Uh, no, he came past there. Dave Howe, so, had already taken the lead at the end of the lap. I think this is at turn one, isn't it? It is. That uh, White Schwab is off the road. Dave Howe, so, is now ninth overall in the race. He's took the restart in 14th. He's now ninth overall and leading MPC. 
Hats off, Dave. Go for it. Well done. A round of applause as the 19, Jan Halen, comes into the pit lane. Wyatt Schwab is stopped at the entrance to turn one. He's at the exit of the pit lane all the way off against the tire barrier. He has not made contact with the tires, but he is parked up there. Dave House, MPC leader, as Jeremy says, ninth overall, which means that Paul LaHaye will cycle up to second and Stephen Dawes will go to third. So what looked like a podium position slipping away from that number 22 of Stephen Dawes all of a sudden has been gifted back by Wyatt Schwab stopping. Yes, indeed. Uh, whether he had an incident on his own or what happened, yep. we didn't really see. But there is Dave House wow. uh, in the ninth position overall pristine car there isn't it and uh, he's, oh he's out in front and looking to stay there now he's got a pretty good pretty good margin over uh, Paul LaHaye in second place he was about eight seconds eight or nine seconds back as they came across the line on that first lap after the restart meanwhile out front it is Austin Bukowski, but pretty looming in his mirrors now is Pado Award. Cue the Jaws music because Pado Award is on a mission. It is less than a second of a gap between first and second now. We are still green. Wyatt Schwab still showing as stopped on our timing screens in turn one, but perhaps he's far enough off the racing line that race control is happy to let this one play out. 12 minutes and 40 seconds to go. Pato Award hunting down Austin McCusker. Yeah, and uh, he was about three quarters of a second faster on that last lap. So uh, Pato Award now has got the bit between his teeth. And oh. We know he's, he's, he's looking to redeem himself uh, from the mistake he made one week ago on the streets of St. Petersburg where he threw away a certain second victory or a, apparently a cer certain second victory by uh, running off the road and stalling the car and then uh, rejoining at the back of the pack. Paul LaHaye in car number 36. He's running second place yeah. now in uh, the uh, in the that pink one most. It's a, it's a one most. Well, it's one two then at the moment. Paul LaHaye, his best pre previous best finish was a sixth position. So he's uh, currently yeah. running uh, not only on the podium but in second place in MPC. And his sixth position came here at Sebring in the second round last year and it's sixth at Watkins Glen. So he's familiar with what it looks like to be sixth. He's not familiar with what it looks like to be second. And a great effort today by that bright pink car. Jeremy, we have a new leader. No. Pato Award has gotten around Austin McCusker and is driving away down wow. the backstretch. And that's... Uh, that's well, surprising because the Norma is really, really good. Austin McCusker, wow. I thought, was pretty much in tune with this guy. Hasn't done an awful lot of laps this weekend, certainly. But uh, Pato Award, you know, he'll drive anything, anywhere, anytime. He's got a huge amount of experience now with all that prototype uh, driving he did last year and, of course, this year as well yeah. with Performance State Motorsports. He will be taking part in tomorrow's uh, 66 running of the 12 hours of Sebring presented by Advance Auto Parts. And this happened around the backside of the course. Did McCusker get a bit loose? No, Pato just dove down the inside. Yeah, Austin not paying attention, quite no. frankly. Well, but that was also the same point of the racetrack, Jeremy, where we had seen quite a few spins on the uh, lap prior. So McCusker perhaps being a bit more cautious than he normally would have. Yeah. But it is Patricio Award who leads. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Pato most likely most likely isn't going for the championship in uh, LMP3 although that, that situation might change so Austin McCusker you know he's going to have a, a pretty good championship lead uh, when he leaves here yeah. at the end of the day so that's mission accomplished in one way but you know he, he was a youngster you know he wants to win from he, 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 I mean he, he had the win taken away from him through really no fault of his own at Daytona but uh, the 19-year-old from Glenhead, New York on, on Long Island, 
really does want to get that first win under his belt. Well, it look, doesn't look now as if it's going to come unless he can really get himself uh, up to the speed of Paddy Award. Paddy Award right now is in a different league. Yeah, he, he's in a, a zone right yeah. now. The body language of the car, it's not twitchy. It's very smooth. He's doing exactly what he needs to to drive away from the field, understanding that the Ligier he's in is better through the twisty bits of the field. He's pulled a massive gap to the point where the normal won't get any sort of benefit being behind on the straights. It's a great job by Pato. Michael Weldon is holding off Matt Bell for third. Where has Matt Bell come from in that number 26 machine? Yeah, you know, we, we talked about it as a restart, didn't we, that he was going to be the one of the guys to, to watch. He got yeah. past uh, Corey Lewis on that last lap uh, and is now up into fourth place. He's only four, he's only four seconds behind Michael Weldon in third as well. Matt Bell driving with Jim McGuire for the Masters class category and Corey Lewis with Matthew Dickin behind them. So that'll be a top five for Corey in the number 17 machine. That's an impressive day as well. But for Matt Bell and Jim McGuire coming into this series, making their debut in the series this weekend, very, very impressive stuff. And it'll be even more so if they can get around the ESM machine of Michael Weldon, that number 30. Michael Weldon's another one who's looking for a good points day, Jeremy, having run the Daytona race as well, coming away with uh, a fairly good finish there. I think it was fourth, if memory serves. But all eyes on Pato Award right now with a three-second gap over Austin Cusker after just two laps. Yeah. And Dave House now with an 11-second lead over Paul LaHaye. And a 58-7. One minute 58-7 last time around for Pato Award. He's already got the uh, fastest lap of the race. He set that back on lap 30, which was uh, right before the restart when he was charging uh, after to catch up with the, the number three car of uh, Ben Waddell. Uh, but when Ben, having had that spin mm -hmm. uh, shortly after the restart, he's rejoined and actually just overtaken Josh Hurley for sixth position. So the number three car ahead of number 44 on that last lap. Driving with a bit of uh, ire, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> the opportunity for a podium taken away from that spin. Now looking at trying to get into a top five finishing position, but that might be slightly overly optimistic given he's four seconds off of Corey Lewis, and Corey is not going to be somebody easy to catch up to, let alone pass. Michael Weldon with the fastest Sector 2 time that he has done of the race so far, so clearly pushing hard still. And Helen making another pit stop. Yeah, it's been a, a learning day for that team, it's fair to say. Their, their first foray into this form of racing but not a learning day for Patricio Award. Austin McCusker hanging on in second place. He was three miles an hour faster through the trap was McCusker than Award. That's the difference between the Ligier and the Norma chassis. Seven minutes to go, and Award is saying thank you and goodbye. So long and thanks for all the fish. Mike Weldon, Matthew Bell, they are very close together, those two cars, the number... 30 and 26. They're a lot closer, that's right. Matt Bell yeah. significantly faster on that lap than Michael Weldon in third position. Railing him in like a fisherman on an Alaskan sea vessel. Matthew Bell. I'm so impressed today, Jeremy, with Dave House, the drive that he's put on. There was a lot of pressure early on from uh, Wyatt Schwab, a lot of tussling back and forth for the lead of the class. And for a guy who is in his mid-70s to do an hour and 45 minutes around Sebring International Raceway by himself 
and come away with a commanding win. That is something that will be impressive in six minutes' time. Yeah, just over six minutes remaining in this race. And that fastest lap, by the way, by uh, Patricio Pado Award at a 158.343 years. A new lap record <laughs> uh, was set by uh, Nico Germain from France last season in the Ansa Motorsports Ligier, 158.5 one year ago. Uh, Nico Germain, as he's known over here. Uh, but... Um, He's, uh, you know, that that's, just shows you how good Pato Award is because we know that Nico Germain is, is a super fast driver. He won races last season in Indy Lights, won the championship in the SF 2000 before that on the Mazda Road to Indy. Matt Bell is now in a podium position, having passed Mike Weldon and gone up into the third position overall. Pato Award getting a fastest lap. Where have I heard that before, Jeremy? Uh, oh, yeah, all of last year. Not at all surprised for the youngster. 18 years old from Mexico, living in the US. Austin McCusker, four seconds back. Mike Weldon retakes third position. There is a battle going on for that final spot on the podium as we wait for them to cross the start finish line. There's the 30, there's the 26. Yep, they are very, very close together. With just under five minutes to go, do you think perhaps Matt Bell is waiting for an opportunity, not trying to force one? Well, I mean, he's not, he's not quite on his tail just yet. He's still got uh, a little bit over a second to make up on Mike Weldon, so he, but he's getting closer and closer with each lap, no question about it. And both uh, number 44 and number 42 car have both found a way past Ben, ben Waddell on that last lap. So Josh Hurley now up into sixth place in the RV Riley car number 44. Robbie Foley right on his tail, Ben Waddell right there, and also car number 23, that is Mike Skeen. So a four-car battle for 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth. Huh, and Skeen is going to very much want to get around Ben Waddell, but we didn't know that he was going to be driving the race until, well, yesterday. yesterday and uh, yeah. I don't know when he knew he was going to be driving, but I can't imagine it was much before no, that. it was only a couple, <laughs> of, couple of days ago. But Shane Lewis, I didn't know that he was going to be driving the car until this morning. He was the guy who started off uh, at the wheel of that car. Mike Skeen showing his three-tenths of a second behind Benjamin Waddell, their last time through, which was the exit of Sector 1, as there was an issue for Sean Rahal. That's not something you say very often. No, it wasn't. It was the 23. So that was Mike Skeen. Same paint scheme. Gave me a bit of a scare there for Sean. Oh, um, Skeen was off the road, that was he? Yeah, he had uh, a bit of an issue into 7. It was around Chateau Elon. Okay, most likely then trying to make a way past yep. Ben Waddell because those have been those two have been battling for position. Yeah, and there was only three tenths of a second between them, so that will have gone out the next time that they both get through sector two, which should be now for Waddell and in a few moments' time for Skeen after the spin. Three minutes are left on the clock, which means we don't get the white flag this time by, but we should next time. That's exactly right. And Pato Award will be happy to see that. Austin McCusker will be happy to see it, uh, knowing that that means second place is ensured. And as you say, very much rightly, a good points day for him. Meanwhile, the battle continues between Mike Weldon and Matt Bell. Still just over a second between them. Just got a feeling that Matt Bell is going to wish it was one more lap. Don't you? 
Yes, uh, although you know, Michael Weldon has really stepped it up and he, he, he was just a tenth of a second that Matt Bell was quicker on that, on that previous lap. But Corey Lewis, who's uh, a fair way back, I guess, uh, in the, the, the next position, he was, he was, he's just turned his best lap of the race to a 1.1. But certainly it's that battle for third that is the, the, uh, the, the one to watch. Uh, in, in ahead of them, however, Scott Andrews, in kind of a 55. He's a lap down in 50th position now. He's just turned his best lap of the race to 159.5. And it's he that is in between Pado Award and... Uh, is he, oh, he's just behind Austin McCusker, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's just behind Austin McCusker then in third on the road. And then a little bit of a gap to Michael Weldon and Matt Bell. Given how Dave House got out of the number 86 for his pit stop, I can't help but imagine how relieved he will be when that white flag comes out. A 28-second lead over the next car on track and 35 seconds over Paul LaHaye for the 75-year-old. We can't really say that enough, Jeremy. It's it's with such admiration for what he's done in today's race. And uh, for Davis, will be a very, very, very well-earned podium. Somebody put a wheel off the road there at... Uh at the uh, turn 16, Lamont Kerr coming on to the Elman straight. Not sure who that was. It was, I think it was one of those guys battling away for third, fourth, or fifth. A white flag now for there our race go. leader, Patricio Award. And he's got a nice, comfortable gap between himself and Austin McCusker in second place. Ligier ahead of Norma, which is uh, exactly as it was at Daytona, actually. From the finish of that, it was Ligier, Norma, Ligier. Right now, it is Ligier, Norma, Ligier. It is. And on that last lap, I think it might have been Matt Bell that put that wheel off the road over at turn 16 because on that last lap, he lost a fair bit of ground, including a second and a half in the final sector to Michael Weldon. That the battle for third and fourth position between car number 30, that's Weldon, number 26, that's Matt Bell. The toe hook pops up on the number seven of Pato Award as he comes into the braking zone at Chateau Elan. It's almost as if the car is waving to the guests of that historic hotel. And blue flags being waved uh, just ahead of Pato Award to let the traffic know the leader's coming through. And by the way, guys, it's the last lap, so really don't give him a hard time. And it's a good thing it's the last lap. Looks like Pato's rear tires have burned off quite a bit. He got a little bit squirrely coming through 12 and into 13. He's got MPC cars in front of him. Let's hope that they have seen the blue flag and heed the warning. Dave House crosses the start-finish line. One more lap for him in that number, 86, one motorsports machine. And that car behind him on the road is Lance Wilsey, who led the Masters class in MP3 for quite a long way. And Dave House, uh, you know, it's, it's, a battle, it's, a, it's a position on the road for 10th and 11th places, but uh, Lance Wilsey clearly has a much faster car. So uh, Dave House, I'm sure we'll see him coming, let him go. As I look across to the Corvette Bridge, I can see them coming underneath there, heading off down towards the hairpin. He's still got about, what, Eight ten car lengths, which is diminishing rapidly on the straight as they head down towards turn seven. Uh, and uh, Lance Wilsey, I'm sure, would like to make a position. And Dave House, he shouldn't be worried about losing at all because he still has is in well in control. Losing is not in the vocabulary of Patricio Award, who claims the win here at Sebring International Raceway for that number seven, sharing the car with Leo Lamellis. It is second for Austin McCusker in the number 47. A great effort for that team, but it was just too much with Pato Award on the restart. Mike Weldon does bring it home in third for the number 30, the ESM machine. And it is Matthew Bell who brings it home in fourth, which means that our Masters Class winner will be 
be Jim McGuire, his co-driver, in that number 26. Corey Lewis, a top five finish for P1 Motorsports in the number 17. And then in sixth place, Robbie Foley crosses the line behind his teammate, Corey Lewis, another P1 veteran in the number 42. The Ave Riley finishes in seventh position, the number 44, piloted by Josh Hurley at the line. But all eyes now to the MPC class, as that is the next car to cross the start-finish line for 10th position overall. Yeah, Lance Wilson actually has got past him, so... Uh wisely Dave House not no, not yep. not uh, making any issue out of that position so it will be uh, Lance Wilsey I think he'll take the position 10th uh, overall but coming through the final corner now is is Mr. Dave House young at heart it is fair to say he much 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 deserved that fist pumping in the air for the number 86 the one motorsports driver Dave House getting a win here at Sebring. What a cool feeling. And Jeremy, it's just in time. His engine cover has started to come loose. Me, really? Yeah, he was bouncing over the uh, bumps going through turn one on the right-hand side. So he will be grateful on more than one reason so that the is. checkered flag is out. The main reason, of course, being that now he finally gets to get out and breathe. Paul well, LaHaye look, he, comes... He, he, I'm sure. Excuse me. No, no. I'm just. I'm just thinking. I mean, he's got to be the oldest winner in in IMSA history. I, I I don't think there's any question about that. At 75 years of age, I wouldn't imagine there's been many uh, many guys who've been uh, uh, older than he to take a checkered flag. But like I say, young and hard. And uh, I'm so thrilled for Dave. He's, he's a real enthusiast. He's been driving race cars for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> not not for all. You know, not for all. He wasn't as if he started out as a youngster racing cars no. by any means. But uh, he's got a lot of experience, and you can see how delighted. He is waving to the crowd, to the marshals, and uh, that's an uh, absolutely tremendous drive, Dave. Well done. He got up ahead of Paula Hay, who finished second in that pink car, and a very, very, very deserved congratulations to Stephen Dawes with Performance Tech on his first podium in this series. Oh, brilliant stuff, and deserved winners and podiums for all there. That was a, a really intense race here for the second round of the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda here at Sebring. The rest of the season, as the cars are on their slowing down lap now, will be live in sound and vision on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. My thanks to Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam for their hard work during that race. And we'll be back with more throughout the rest of the season. But from that second round of the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda here at Sebring, it's bye for now.